It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Monday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today's topic came about from one of our listeners, which we appreciate that. Again, if you have anything you want us to talk about, shoot us a DM, send us an email. Uh, but this one in particular is about non-clinical physical therapy roles. So essentially jobs that physical therapists can do without treating patients. And um, I, you know, I, I got to think that this one came about as as a result of some of the recent changes that we saw in 2019 with PDPM and maybe that announcement of that this 8% cuts, 8 to 15%, depending on if you're a PT or a PTA, from the proposed physician fee schedule that's going to come in 2021. So, um, Josh, before we dive into that, how's your week been? Dude, not too bad. You know, trying to get in the groove of seeing patients uh, regularly, uh, my own patients, which is unique, you know, and having my, my first time, you know, cracking the neck, needling somebody, all these different things when they're my patients and I'm making the judgment and nobody's there in the room with me to, you know, I mean, obviously if I needed somebody to, to, to come help, but like, you know, it's, it's definitely a unique uh, and new experience, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and fortunately, um, you know, things are going well here and we've been able to, to dive into some of these cases a little bit further. So it's been, it's been fun, man. Yeah. You and Corey have been crushing it and you know, I think you'd be a little bit modest here, but first week on the job, you got some treats, right? You actually got a, uh, what'd you get a? I was gonna say flask, a but it's like a leader, a growler. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the word. A, yeah, a growler, a beer, man. Some craft beer. Yeah, I know. I got some craft beer from a patient. Can't complain yeah. at all, man. You know, I'll take that over the the sweets any day. You know, so if any of our patients are, are listening out there, um, but you know, that was yeah, that was very kind of uh, one of our patients to to bring that in. And, you know, I, I'm coming. I told Amy I was coming for for basically, uh, you know, the, the treat crown, uh, of our clinic, but I, man, I, I get one and then she's not even there on that same day. And literally an hour later, a patient comes in just to say hi and bring her a treat, even though she's not even there. Yeah, nobody's going to get close to touching that side. I just need to concede that. But, um, know, yeah, man. for our younger listeners out there, you know, we, we drink a little bit of beer, but, but never to excess and never while operating a, a motor vehicle. Yes, for, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but we want to, we need to get to where we're drinking while we're doing a podcast. That's right. So that's to be eternal. history's going to yeah. become, yeah. yeah. So, you know, getting back to the topic on uh, non-clinical PT roles, again, I got to think about that this maybe came about as the bloodbath that was 2019. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think the sky is falling, but I got to think that if I'm a PT working the stiff setting, home health, and I woke up one day, lost my job, saw that 10,000 of my colleagues, which is probably a bigger number that lost their jobs, I, I'd be sweating too, right? I know people have been putting some stuff out there saying, oh, you shouldn't be telling our, our PT students that now is the worst time to be a PT, that sort of thing. But again, just looking at it objectively, right, without emotion, 
this career has become a little more volatile than it used to be, right? A little more risky. So I think it's good to have some plan B, C, and D out there just in case things don't go the way that you expect. Yeah, man, I think uh, there has been a little bit of some shockwaves going through the profession, it seems like. And, and sometimes, you, you, you know, your passions change, your interests change, and, and you have this skill set. And so it's interesting to see, like, some of these opportunities that someone could explore if they maybe are, you know, ready to move out of the clinic. You know, I know, you know, both of us are, are, are very much excited to still be in the clinic and doing that. Me just getting started, and you've been doing it a little while, and still enjoy it. Um, but it is cool to kind of explore some of these other routes people have gone just for, you know, for future reference. So number one thing that comes to mind is if you don't want to treat patients, become an, an educator could be a really easy role to slip into, right? Because when we're talking about being an educator, we can talk about becoming a professor, maybe at a PT school, or even as an in, in an undergraduate program, uh, you could be a researcher, maybe do a combination of the two, right? So that's talking about at least getting your, your board certification, your OCS, something like that. I know a lot of schools will hire off of that, but most of them are looking for PhDs. But actually the DSC is highly sought after too, because that's one of the check marks on the accreditation list. And uh, not a lot of people pursue that DSC. A lot of times the field's more saturated with PhDs too. So it, it looks really, really good if you have one of those. Yeah, you know, I didn't even realize, um, you know, again, me coming from the, from the business world a little bit before going into some of this stuff, I didn't even know that that was something that people pursued a lot but then we have some some friends that you know some one of our buddies that's gone through it and then another person that's it's pursuing theirs now and and so it's definitely an interesting route the dsc but i'm um, having one of those terminal degrees is i feel like almost becoming a, a a prerequisite for it um to be able to be in the academia but for you know for me not interested in pursuing that i'm hoping to you know expand into more of an adjunct type role too so that's always an option to to split your time a little bit more so uh i think from a, a teaching perspective um, you know, that's, I think, a, a pretty logical option for people. But, you know, some people end up loving the research side. That's not me. But, you know, if that's you and you did enjoy that part, either, um, you know, in school or whatever it might be, you know, maybe you, you decide to pursue that. The life ain't for me, man. That's the, yeah. the, the main master class that I teach undergrads. That's, that's about all I can handle, to be honest with you, man. I mean, I, I, I love the kids in the class and, you know, I'll stay late to answer questions. I'll let them come chat to me, that kind of thing. I do enjoy that part. But, man. I'm a pessimist, man. I guess it's the way I'm wired. You know, every so often, you know, you get one of these kids that takes offense to something that you say, right? And, and you got to keep in mind that this is a PT class where we promote PT. You know, we talk about things like PT versus imaging and drugs and surgery, that kind of thing, too. And there are just some people that just, just wake up offended, man. It's almost like a hobby, too. And, and I think that sometimes that stuff just gets to me. And sometimes I kind of focus more on the bad than the good. So yeah. um, education, research, you know, that life ain't for me. But it's good to know that it's out there. Yeah. All right. All right, so next one I had on the list is you could take a job in some sort of admin role, right? Rehab director. Um, so when you think about this, you think about how you could be the director of rehab at, say, like a SNF or a hospital, that, that sort of thing. However, with that said, you know, we're, again, we're seeing PDPM, you know, cut tens of thousands of jobs, right? We're going to see that Medicare fee schedule come into effect in 2021. You got to think that there's going to be some jobs cut as well, too. But as of now, you know, it is a job that's out there. Yeah, I think it also, again, another kind of logical step for a lot of people is, you know, to eventually move into some type of management or director role and, and whether it be in one of those types of settings you mentioned. But um, I, I think it can be a great way to, again, offset kind of what you're, you're doing from a clinical perspective if your desire is to eventually, you know, have your own business one day or to be in a management role. I know some people really enjoy that type of, uh, that type of opportunity. It's a great chance to 
um, potentially be a more of a mentor too, maybe a mentorship type role for, for some of the people that the younger clinicians or newer clinicians too. So if you enjoy kind of having some of that teacher aspect a little bit and, and being able to, to make some, hopefully some meaningful change, at least in your setting, then maybe one of those director or management type roles is the way to go. And with that too, usually you won't see that they're being a manager director hundred percent of the time. A lot of times it'll be like 50, 50, you know, it might treat half the time or treat 25% of that time, that sort of thing too. But you got to imagine that if you do pursue a role like that, you're probably going to be treating some patients if even that's yep. not your passion. So something to consider. So next one list is, is, is a rehab liaison. So that, that is, that can be actually a pretty sweet job. So I knew one person, one of my old PRN jobs, who's a PTA, mind you, dude worked like 20 hours a week, created his own job to where he was making like 80,000. And basically all he did was he worked for a skilled nurse facility. He went to some of the local hospitals within like a 10 mile radius and just flirted with the nurses, talked sports with some of the docs and got them to send patients over. But he was very efficient, right? He was very, very valuable. He got a lot of patients to come over to that facility, put in a little bit of work and it, it was a pretty sweet life for him. That's what he wanted. You know, his family was growing that kind of thing too. So, you know, if you have the, if you have the charisma, and you have the connections, and you got a network, you can make that kind of thing happen. That might not be a bad gig. Yeah, I would say you got to have some serious sales chops there or something yeah. to be able to, to, to sweet talk your way in and be able to make that happen. But yeah, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, you know, certain places might be interested in having somebody like that on staff to be able to help, uh, you know, create and foster those relationships with those referral sources. And, and you know, if you have that skill set and, uh, you know, that's maybe something that's for you. You know, I, I, I don't think I would, uh, I mean, the 20, the 20 hours a week for 80K sounds great, but I don't know if the rest of that sounds great <laughs> for me. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. All right, next on the list, utilization reviewers. So these are also known as clinical reviewers or, or they could be physical therapy reviewers. And typically they work for insurance companies or, or companies that are going to contract with an insurance company. And essentially what they do is they, they this involves reviewing cases and maybe approving, denying, or, or managing some kind of insurance claim. So that, that's, a, that's the sound of me vomiting. Hard that's pass. the sound of me vomiting there. <laughs> uh. No, all right, we don't even need to talk about that one. That's, that's just not me, man. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so, so next on the list, uh, business owner, right? Entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, create your own job, create your own business, yeah. hire employees, decide if you want to treat patients, be a director, that sort of thing. Or you're your own boss, right? Um, you know, I've, I, I'm a business owner. You're a business owner. I've, I've met other PTs. Through, I've met PTAs that hire PTs and have got some successful business too. Um, I will say though, that realistically, you're going to be treating patients at first, right? Cause you got to do oh, whatever sure. you got to do whatever you can to get people in the door and make sure customers, patients are happy, that kind of thing too. Um, time, you, you never, you never turn it off. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, hours are long. You're working when you get home, working on the weekends, answering phone calls, emails, texts, that sort of thing too. Uh, but eventually it can evolve as your business grows and as you hire more employees and, and it becomes less dependent on you, then you can get away from treating patients. Yeah, no, I think there's some, some, the huge pros to that too, but some things that are un, you know, not thought of when you're going into it um, mm -hmm. is, you know, if the, you think about if you owned a burger joint, right. And the cook doesn't show up, managers got to flip the burgers, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's, you got to be willing to put in the hours and, and do that type of thing if you need to for, you know, for example, this morning I opened the gym at five and I also close it tonight at eight. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's going to be a long day, but that's just what had to happen from a scheduling standpoint today. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely pros to that business owner life for sure. It's mm -hmm. fun. You do get to kind of create what you're interested in and try to, again, try to define your role and figure that out too. 
Um, but yeah, you're, if it's from a PT standpoint, like you're going to be treating patients, you're probably going to have to, you know, probably be treating at odd hours. As you mentioned, like, didn't you and Jim start have like basically 12 available hours each day when you started, like essentially like, you know, like seven to seven, seven you know, seven, yeah. seven to seven, if somebody was coming in, they, they're going to get it. That schedule's filled up by the way though. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, you got to be willing to do that kind of yeah. stuff too, at least on the front end as right. you build it up for sure. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, you know, I, I know it's, we're, we're talking about hustling, right. Which is very, you know, like hashtag term right now yeah. but I, I wouldn't have it any other way no i've done this i can never go back to, to working for somebody else yeah it's definitely. absolutely had to you know because like my family's you know dependent on it that's what yeah I mean. yeah no i think it, it's definitely uh there are definitely some some pros there too especially if you know at least in this field too where you know there are varying levels of of the way people treat and and mm -hmm. and you know outcomes and opinions of the profession too it's like if you feel very strongly about a certain way things should be done well then you know, the best way to do that is to, to take that action, create your own, your own thing and, and do things the way you think it should be done. Yep. Absolutely. So next one on the list, uh, recruiter for a staffing agency, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a PT and you want to get a job with a staffing agency, trying to recruit other PTs, you're in the field, you know, you're an insider, you know, the ins and outs of it, that could essentially be something that you can actually use your degree for to your advantage. Uh, again, you know, I think about the the junk emails I get, how my spam folder is filled up with all these travel therapy, mm -hmm. headhunters, that sort of thing too. People I completely ignore almost like a, almost like a, um, I don't know, a, a salesperson that calls my phone, that kind of thing too. But again, that's just my opinion, right? If I was actually looking for those jobs, I might consult one of those staffing agency people. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's, um, you know, your degree in that instance would be more of something to maybe open a door a conversation with somebody versus that degree of, you know, giving you the skills to succeed in that position, kind of like the, your, your rehab liaison, right? The yep. being in the field, got probably got some of those conversations started, but then again, it's that your charisma, your ability to create a relationship conversation, that kind of thing. So, you know, if that's you and that's your skill set, there's a great way to leverage it, you know, Absolutely. in that instance. Um, that's, you know, not for me, but again, that's there, there's options. So with that said, piggybacking off of that to being in the field, being an insider, you could potentially leverage that to be in some sort of sales rep for a medical equipment company, uh, that, that sort of thing. That life isn't for me. I think about the way I practice, you know, we try not to use any sort of outside devices unless it's like an absolute worst case scenario. You know, I think about like the, the splinting devices that are out there and that sort of thing too. But there is a market for that and there could potentially be jobs for that too. But that's, that's generally going to be some kind of commission life there and, yeah. you know, some driving, some traveling, that sort of thing too. So uh, not, not for me, but it's good to know again that those, those options are out there. Yeah, there's there's a ton ton of availability there too, um, and it, like you said, it doesn't necessarily fit with kind of the way that the way we go about things here. But that doesn't mean that there isn't need elsewhere too. So it's yep. it's definitely an option out there. Yep. The next one on my list, this I think it's the last one I had, but it, I don't know what position this would be. But I guess if you're an inventor, uh, perhaps. So, mm -hmm. so think about if you got some type of skills, right? Particularly technology, right? You could leverage these skills, you know, and, and, and do something like create eBooks. You know, it's 2020. We talked about this with Jeff Moore, but telehealth is about the boom, right? We're, we're just mm -hmm. kind of, you can kind of feel it coming, right? So, you know, if you have those type of skills, I mean, this is what the people are going to start wanting, you know, patients, they, they read eBooks, insurance companies, they've created apps to replace physical therapists, right? And honestly, Thinking about that, they probably give better care than the people I work for in my first job at the Mill Clinic too. So I'm not completely mad about that. Um, I don't think they replace me, <laughs> replace you. But you know, um, the, the the technology we, we got to embrace it, right? We got to evolve. So if you have those skills now, is the time to get in with that. 
Yeah, no, I think that's that's a huge one there too. If you have, um, I mean, that's a big thing from a hiring process too. We're always looking at people who, you know, what else do they bring to the table? And if you have those things that are, that are unique to you and where you're an expert in another way and can kind of figure out how to blend that with PT that maybe isn't traditionally in, you know, you being in the clinic directly, um, I think that's a that's a great option. Whether it be telehealth or developing content or developing eBooks or whatever it might be, like you can you can definitely create and carve out a role there um, that at least could offset some of your time in the clinic um, at the very least all right so john i'll put you on the spot here yeah. so let's say hypothetically that you you either didn't want to or you you couldn't treat patients let's say let's even say outside of physical therapy so if you couldn't be a physical therapist mm-hmm. and you had to do it all over again what would you do I would have stayed in the strength and conditioning world if that counts. I know there's there again for us they don't look all that different, right? Because we think right. that the concepts overlap so much, and and you know there there definitely is a line at which point you you know you kind of which hat you kind of have on there. But there's so many different overlapping things there. Um, for me, I would try to carve out a role, which is kind of what's next on my list, um, as more of like a director of performance or director of rehab kind of thing that you see a lot of times more in the pro sports arena. So you have in the NBA, um, you'll have uh, have this, and actually the Yankees just hired Eric Cressy to be um, this kind of person for them and it's basically the person that oversees both the strength and conditioning side of things and the rehab side of things so they're actually over the athletic training staff and over the strength conditioning staff and their job is to basically coordinate all the rehab treatment and training efforts to make sure that each person in that organization um, is, is getting what they need and that the, that way everybody's on the same page and so um, you've seen that more and more um, I guess as uh, as kind of these roles have evolved uh, to where you know I know that the, the Hawks and the Kings and some and the Golden State Warriors and different teams have that type of role and then of course the Yankees didn't even go PT they went Eric Cressy who you know honestly I'd rather have Eric Cressy treat my shoulder than a lot of PTs out there yeah. um, so uh, but they went somebody that was very knowledgeable in a certain uh, in a certain way uh, to kind of again oversee you got a guy that's not a PT not even an athletic trainer he's a strength conditioning coach that's now overseeing some of the training staff efforts there um, which I think that's a really cool role and I think uh, that would be where I would want to go. Sure. Yeah. 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 What about yeah. you, man? If you, so no PT, not at all. You can't do it. Yeah. So are you, like, you say strength conditioning like me or you got I, something totally different? I don't know, man. It's like, like a D day scenario thing. I think it's, it's hard to imagine doing something else. Cause I think yeah. like this is, is so much like a part of my identity at this point. Um, but I got to think I'd be some kind of business owner of sorts. You know, I might go with some kind of franchise route and that could mm-hmm. honestly be anything from like the restaurant industry to, yeah. to doing something, uh, manual labor. I mean, yeah. I think about one of my favorite jobs I ever had, this was my college job in the summers. I, I delivered and installed Sears and GE appliances. And for some reason I just really enjoy it. I like customer service. You know, I really mm-hmm. like that aspect of it too. And definitely work on people, but, um, definitely a business owner, but I think I could be happy at least to be content doing something along those lines. But I mean, that's, I mean, but just, I mean, kind of going back to the D-Day scenario, I mean, again, I don't think the sky's falling. There's going to be plenty of jobs out there, but this is, this is why I tell the, the, my, my interns and the kids to get out of debt, right? Mm-hmm. To really make sure that you got a financial plan because, again, this, the profession has become a lot more volatile than it used to be. You know, I yeah. know when I graduated, it was like, oh, you can work anywhere you want to, any setting, you're going to make pretty decent money. You know, in some cases, if you really want to make a lot of money, your job might suck with the money's out there, but we're seeing those things are kind of going away yeah. soon, too. So, um, yeah, you know, like if, if I, I'm at a point now, if, if I lost my job, well, it would suck. You know, I don't have student loans. I don't have a house to pay for anymore. You know, I'm at least I'm only worried about feeding my family, that kind of thing, too. So yeah. there's a lot of options out there. So um, I kind of just derailed your question there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that making a smart financial choice, if you are kind of offense about getting into this field, is probably something you need to consider more strongly yeah. these days than, than it used to be. Um, so before we sign off, though, we've got a few announcements for you guys. Uh, Fitness Physio registration is officially open. Workout 2 is going to get released in early February. we got some great sponsors, some yeah. heavy hitters we can't wait to tell you about. Um, 
come see us at CSM. We're going to be sitting on Saturday, February 15th. And Josh, I know you got a body tippering course coming up. Yeah, yeah. This coming weekend, I'll be in Portland, Oregon um, on the 25th at, at Chris Duffin's place, uh, Kabuki Strength. That's going to be awesome, man. Um, and then hopefully the next one will be back at Wex Place, David Wex Place in uh, in San Diego, hopefully sometime in April. Kyle and I are, open, are going to have another strength conditioning in the clinic soon that we had a awesome group in Chattanooga um, a couple weeks ago. Um, so hopefully going to have that too. Um, but yeah, we got those coming up and then we're at SCAPTA. So if you're in yep. your local to Carolina, we're going to present at SCAPTA on the 21st of March. That's mm -hmm. a Saturday. Um, and then, uh, you know, which is, you know, been, you know, going to be so much fun. It'd be great. My first time going to a SCAPTA yep. meeting too, for sure. Yeah, and then I know we got a couple happenings coming up at the clinic too, right? So yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we we are going to you know we by popular demand we are going to uh, actually open some small group training opportunities uh, at the gym, so some class type environment. Um, you know, we love our individual design stuff, and and it's so much fun, and we've had so much success with our people, and and it's been great. Uh, but you know, we have some some. Uh, you know, definitely some suggestions that we get constantly from from patients that are looking for something as they go through or, or for for other people outside of the gym that would that want to come check us out too. to have some type of small group option that's kind of in between, um, you know, doing, you know, doing nothing and doing uh, kind of our individual stuff. So we're going to have that starting up. So we're going to have morning, middle of the day and, and evening offerings. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then on Saturday morning too, starting uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the first week of February. Excited, man. It's going to be a lot of high energy. House going to be on fire. Right? Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be so much fun. Good. I, love, I love it when it gets busy and booming like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for you this week. I hope you all have a great week. We'll be back next Monday. And one last thing, if you liked the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at Better Faster Podcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at Vertex PT and at Vertex Strength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.